0: Uh, okay, so uh, I think uh, sometimes uh, when we say the word death, it kind of gets like the, a, a bad rap. I love what uh, <laughs> that's my that's my tag, like my clincher. Um, ben a couple of weeks ago, Ben Regal shared about uh, uh, death and mourning and um, that aspect of it, and like how to process through that, which is awesome. Um, but I think there's more to death uh, in this word, and it actually can be a good thing. I've been thinking the past couple of weeks about this, as Beau has invited me to come speak, um, and there's actually a book in the Genesis library over there, tiny little library, that um, I was just kind of looking through titles, and I saw that this one, one book was called A Chance to Die. I got to thinking, huh, interesting, it's seems like a, it's an opportunity. Uh, so I was kind of thinking along these lines, and, um, and so there's more than just like, maybe this physical death that, death that we think of. Um, and then I got to thinking further down the line of this death, and we say this phrase like, when, when someone passes away, they go to their final resting point, and so they're, they're, they're resting, and so this, this idea of death and rest kind of come together. So, I'm going to look at this maybe from a different angle to help us see that perhaps death can even give us life and rest. Uh, so, working with crew, most of my summers are filled with summer missions. Uh, these summer mission trips, we take college students around the world, around the U.S. Um, to help equip them to share their faith, to grow in their faith, to live out their faith. And so I've been sent to places such as Berlin, Germany, or Zambia, or South Asia. But this summer, as, as Beau said, uh, I've actually been assigned a sabbatical. It's like a recovery summer, uh, a summer to sharpen the axe, right? Um, it's my job for a few weeks here, it's my job to rest. And, you know, my first question is, okay, I'm resting, Uh, what am I going to do, right? Um, What's my plan? Um, How am I going to fill my time? How am I going to be productive and get the most bang for my buck, right? Uh, My first thought is not, like, oh, I'm just going to, like, rest, right? I think it's really hard to rest. What is rest, even? Like, what is rest and how do we rest well? Um, So the other day, I was reading through Genesis, chapter 1, where uh, God uh, has the creation story. The first six days, you know, He creates the world. And then on the seventh day, God rested. So it's a good thing, right? God rested. God does it. And then on the seventh day, God calls this day holy. Holy, it means set apart. It means different. Um, The seventh day is set apart from all other days. It has a unique function and a unique uh, purpose. On this day, God designated it as holy and he rested. So I think it's kind of crazy that rest, it's kind of like if A equals B and C equals B, then they equal each other, but if rest is holy, rest is a holy activity, right? Um, I think that's just crazy. I don't really think of rest as a holy activity. I think of rest as like a, oh, you've done too much, like, take a break, right? Um, so, rest is a holy activity. Um, so my restful plan for the summer is I decided I wanted to be like, like Jesus as much as possible, and so I thought, I'm going to do some carpentry work. I'm going to put a bathroom in upstairs. Um, so I'm going to build a bathroom and rest, right? Um, uh, so partially, I think this is a restful activity for me because I enjoy this. It's like a hobby. Um, it's good. Um, but I think it can, it, it's also work, right? It's, uh, it's not just like a, I'm sitting around drinking tea in the hammock, but uh, it's, it's work. And so it's, gonna be, it's hard. Reality is for me, it's hard to rest. How do I rest? How do I experience true rest um, while doing things, right? Our culture is like, go, 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 right? Our culture says we're, we want to search for achievement, reaching goals, taking care of things that need doing, checking off the to-do list. Um, I can fall in the same mentality that I must just you know, keep moving forward. But not all these are bad things. Life needs to go on. Uh, things need to get done. I need a bathroom, right? But how do we rest well in life? Uh, Can we have healthy attitudes and motives and find rest, Um, yet still carry these life's healthy responsibilities and healthy habits? Uh, So let's look at Jesus, right? He's usually a good place to start. Uh, The Bible is amazing. Uh, It is a collection uh, of of real history. It is words of eternal life, that can literally transform people's lives. Um, and I think sometimes the Bible gets in our culture, especially college students, um, uh, we tend to think of it as an outdated um, book of kind of irrelevant stories. But it's, I'd argue it's the most progressive uh, and revolutionary book of eternal life-changing truths. Um, but we've got to read it for ourselves to understand what it says. So Jesus, in uh, John chapter 12, um, verses 24 through 26, says, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Whoever loves his life loses it, but whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. So as I thought about this, I asking myself, why, why do seeds need to die? What's happening? I think the seeds need to s- kind of separate from the tree. The, the, the seed needs to, like, disconnect, right? They need to um, jump ship. They need to kind of get away, disassociate from the tree. Because what happens when the, when, the, when the seed dies? That one seed can there, therefore build... Um, bear much fruit. So it it actually produces. After it dies, it then can produce life. Um, And it it can experience life as a result of death, which is kind of cool. Then Jesus takes in this metaphor and makes it personal. He says, turn to him and you'll experience eternal life. Personal. This metaphor of physical death gives us a picture of what we can experience spiritually with God. Um, if we can somehow allow ourselves to die to something, we can then experience life and rest. <coughs> Romans uh, of chapter 6, verse 4, Paul talks about dying a little bit more. He says, For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the gl- glorious power of the Father... Now, we may also live new lives. Since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. So according to these verses, what needs to die and be put to death in our lives, according to these verses? Our sin, right? If we put to death our sin, if we disassociate uh, from sin, we can experience life. Romans uh, 8, Paul goes on to later say, if you put to death sin, you will live. And so who takes our sin but Jesus? Um, He also dies but he conquers sin and death. As a result, gives us life and rest through his power. So, so what I carry, um, what we carry, the burdens and the stresses of life can, in fact, be sinful attitudes. Uh, when we desire to control what we should not or cannot control, like stressing and worry. <laughs> um, Those are examples of of things that I can't control, right? Sometimes we even, like, good things, what we do for others can, in fact, be too much and become sin in my life, right? So an example for me is being in full-time ministry. Um, It's really hard to say, no, like, I can't do this. Like, uh, no, I can't meet up with you today. Um, I got something. Um, I just don't have time. No, I can't. Or, no, I can't lead this Bible study this week. Like, sorry. (laughs) Um... I'm out of town. It's really hard to say no. I can't because I believe in what I'm doing, and, I'm, and I feel responsible, right, for what I'm doing. Um, I am responsible in some way for this for these students to um, grow and th- grow and take the next steps in their faith. Um, uh, but it's really easy to fall into the belief that if I do more. Um, work more, give more, I will see more happen. And you know why? Because that's generally true, right? The harder I work, the more I see happen. Um, but I think the deeper question, more of the root question, is why, right? What's motivating me? Why do I, why do I feel a need to keep pressing and to keep working? I don't think these motives are, are, are godly. Uh, and I think there's some sin in there, right? Um, I want to I wanna see more happen because of me. I want to I wanna look good or um, I want to be successful, right? So my, my sin can be, you know, unbelief. I'm not trusting God for his timing in a student's life, like how he's going to work in a student, how he's going to grow them for his plans, for his directions, right? And so not like unbelief. I've heard is, unbelief is calling God a liar, which kind of crazy to think about. But I mean, that's when I don't believe God, it's, 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 that's what's going on in my heart. So perhaps you can identify, do you have some attitudes or motives in your own heart? Perhaps at times, holding on um, to worry, uh, you know, about kids, about a work email, or text messages coming through, the to-do list, the never-ending to-do list to crank through. I need to ask myself, uh, is this mine to carry, or does it belong to God? Am I owning too much? Is there some sin in there? For me, um, I'm trying to be the savior in these students' lives, right? Like, I'm trying to, to be the one who, who um, causes this growth. But it really is such a fine line, right? It's a, it's a fine line, our motives, are they pure? Are they honoring to God? Because it's like, yeah, in, in a lot of ways, sure. It's like, what I'm doing is a good thing. Um, but then there's also, am I doing too much? And, Like, what's going on in my heart? Doing a heart check. Uh, Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. I love this picture of Jesus in, in rest. So I, I don't want us to hear today. Uh, just try harder to rest. Just stop caring about your to-do list. perhaps thinking, "Stop doing," meaning means I'm resting." Not necessarily. I've caught myself thinking if I just don't do too much work in the bathroom, I'll be the perfect carpenter, right? I just won't work, and then I'm resting. It's not true. Um, you know, I've kind of figured out maybe if I have the perfect balance of work and rest. Or even I might think, well, if I just, if I just pray, if I just, you know, get my spiritual time and I pray, then I'm resting. Or, um, uh, I make sure I have my Bible reading today, right? So those are just doing things. I think, um, we also have this, this, the phrase, just free your mind, kind of like Eastern thought. Just just free your mind, let go of the worries, right? Just, you know, let go. Um, which is um, not actually a, a sufficient solution, I don't think. Uh, I think it sounds nice on the surface, but ultimately it's, it's a shallow solution. I think there's only one true solution, Um, that Christianity alone has. Uh, And this is a sufficient solution for rest. Christianity is not a do-better religion, but God wants us to experience rest that comes from surrendering to him. Um, We want to surrender to Christ. Confessing, which means to agree with God, to confess, am I taking on too much? Right? It's that heart check. Receiving Christ's forgiveness um, when our attitudes and our actions and our beliefs are just not quite right, Um, because Christ freely offers us this forgiveness. Christ did a perfect job working. He did a perfect job of ministry. He does a perfect job of caring for people, for the least of these Um, He did a perfect job of resting, right? I think it's just crazy to think about Jesus' life and does it perfectly. He was probably the perfect carpenter, right? Perfectly square walls. Um, But Christ is our perfection. When we fail, he's got us covered. So we are free to rest because he is perfection for us. He invites us to come to him because he is the true source of rest. So we as believers trust in Jesus' death and we have a, and those of us who have a, have a personal relationship with him, um, he brings us, he himself, this relationship with him brings us to this experience of life and rest. Um, So this is the grace, the God that we have um, in God. We as Christians worship this God who gives us what we need in his perfection. And I have seen, you know, I've seen this happen in in people's lives. Um, Just this past year, um, I met this guy, Trevor, who is a freshman at Detroit Mercy. And um, so I... um, uh, I was talking to them, him, at the end of the year. He said, um, you know, he didn't get plugged in to, to the crew ministry his first semester because he told me, well, you know, like I wanted to like focus on school. I wanted to get schoolwork, you know, under control before I started getting involved in student organizations, which is like, okay, that's not necessarily a bad idea. Um, and um, so I met up with him like in January, the second beginning of the second semester. And I shared with him, like, the truths of, of Jesus and having a relationship with him. And he's like, you know what? I've never done this before. I've never actually surrendered my life to Christ and uh, invited him in. And he said, I want to I do that. And I said, great, you know. So he, he basically said, you know, give him a life to Christ. Um, and I think in, in a part of that involved his schoolwork, right? That involved um, all of life, including, man, I don't need to worry about the school anymore. Um, so he recently told me at the end of the semester that, like, wow, looking back at my first semester, I was super stressed about school. Um, he was in the, he's in the nursing program, which is you know pretty pretty demanding. Um, but but he said I was really stressed. But you know the second semester, since giving my life to Christ, um, and he, he he basically he chose to die to worry about school. I think this is so cool. But he actually said. I'm doing better in school now. I'm less worried, and he's giving more of his time to like Bible study and discipleship, and he's doing a better job in school, less worry. I just like, wow, that's really cool. It's like such a, like awesome example of God at work and what God does in your hearts when you choose to give him your life. So this is the holy life and rest God wants us to experience moment by moment. So, thinking for yourselves, where are you weary and need to experience Christ, experience life and rest in Him? Uh, Or where might you need to put something to death to give over to Christ. Or another question to consider. Uh, Do you have sinful attitudes, right? Uh, Sinful beliefs or unbelief? Uh, Do you have a felt need to control something or someone? It's exhausting, right? Trying to control something that you have no power to control. Um, so another another way to think through rest and how am I doing on a more practical note our team will do this uh, the acronym, we have an acronym we talk through, it's called reps doing some reps but how are you doing relationally uh, emotionally, physically spiritually, I think for me it's just like I have no idea how to assess my own you know, wife, <laughs> and so Yeah, giving myself some categories to think through and like on a scale of one to ten, like one being, oh man, horrible, ten being like, great. You know, how am I doing relationally? Examples, um, man, I just am around too many people right now, like giving myself to people too much. Or maybe I don't have enough relational um, connection. Maybe I'm lonely, right? You need more deep uh, connections with others. Perhaps emotionally, um, you, could be, you could be going through hard life situations, right? Um, the valleys uh, of life can be hard. Uh, or maybe you're carrying others' burdens, which is a good thing, but maybe it's starting to take its toll on you and you need to rest. Or perhaps even we can distance ourselves, kind of like what Ben, ben Regal was talking about of, man, I just didn't want to emotionally connect with my grief. And so you can push aside um, emotions that you should be experiencing, right? Physically, it's an easy one, like, do I need to sleep, right? Do I need to work out? Am I physically sick and I need to experience rest? Or spiritually, uh, have you turned away from God, knowingly or unknowingly, right? If he's the source of life, have I, you know, intentionally just been like, I don't really care what God has to say about this. Or perhaps you've just kind of done the slow drift away from God. It happens. So, is there an area of God that is maybe off limits to God? It can spiritually take a toll on you and um, you won't be experiencing true rest. So, you know, how would you rate yourself in these four areas, one to ten? Um, and and kind of helps give a little practical. Um, Uh, direction for your resting. So where do you need to experience God? Experience rest and life. Um, Because uh, I want us to know today that you can experience rest, true rest, uh, and that Jesus is the source, the one and only source of true rest and life. So, will you choose to put to death what you are striving towards and turn to him? So, let me pray, I'm done. God, thank you uh, for being the source of rest. Thank you that you do provide it abundantly. Thank you that you um, give it freely. Uh, Thank you that we can turn to you. And God, I I pray for all of us here that um, we would come to you in the moments uh, that we need you, and we, and we pray that um, yeah, you would prove faithful, uh, as we are all <laughs> weak humans that need your power to rest. So we pray that we'd all experience that, and we would um, yeah love you more and turn to you. So in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.